How's it going, Sammy? Good. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Happy for those in SoCal. It is a very rainy Tuesday today. So today's episode is a little bit, um, a little bit of a game changer, switching it up a bit from our past episodes. And we're going to do some listener questions today. So it should be a fun one. Um, we got a variety of questions from my question box that I put on Instagram. And so we'll kind of just go through these, um, not necessarily in any, um, particular order or whatnot, but the first one, um, we'll just jump right into it. Cause I I don't think we have any updates either right now. Like we kind of covered our off seasons and Arnold. Oh, oh, so since last episode, I I purchased all my travel, so I'm headed to the Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love so it. That's a little little bit of an update. So But hopefully... what's even funnier, there's a backstory there. So we talked about it on the podcast. And then she posted a picture on, on Instagram like later that night. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you really gonna do it? And she's like, No, I think I'm just trolling. And I'm like, ah, man, okay. Then two days later. Hey, I booked my flight and I'm staying at this hotel. I was like, I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I was kind of, I was definitely on the fence because I'm such a homebody and I do really, I fill my schedule. I have, you know, I have a full roster of clients. I have posing clients. I have my own workouts and things. Um, We do our podcasts and stuff like that. So I really fill my schedule and sometimes I feel like I cannot travel or I cannot do things to just stay on top of everything. And the thing is, the Arnold is such a fun event. So many of my friends and people in the industry go to it. And I know it will be a good opportunity for me to just, um, you know, see people I haven't seen in a long time. Like I had a girl actually on Instagram who wants to meet me to potentially start coaching with me. I I know there's just a lot of things going on that will be awesome opportunities that I will not get staying home. Um, I'm going to have the FOMO. I'm going to want to be there. And I've always managed to stay on track with food and workouts anytime I've traveled for the Arnold. So I found some good deals. Like I got a, a deal with my hotel points um, for a hotel right by the convention center. I got, a, I used some of my Southwest points. So I only had to pay for like one of my flight segments. So I was just oh, nice. like, it was just like, screw it. You know, I'll yeah. just and make it work. You, you have to think it's not like you're going to like Vegas for a weekend out to party and spend all this money and like do something that's not a relative. Like it's a fitness expo. It's a networking event. Opportunity, like things like that. Like you're going to be motivated to get your workout in. You're going to be motivated to keep your meals intact, like things like that. It's more in line with like your business and your lifestyle. So it's not like it's something completely left field. That's like pointless. So mm-hmm. that's my, yeah. Yeah. You and, I can rec- you and I can try to record a podcast episode. Exactly. Um, I have also some fun ideas for content too, like YouTube content with that many people there, like more fun types of content, um, yeah. you know, kind of just getting a little, maybe a little silly. And I have some ideas I'll run by you later um, mm-hmm. if we can coordinate. So this year will only be easier, especially not working a booth. So it should be very balanced. And so I'm excited for it. So yeah, that's my update. Um, Yay! For this week. Yay. Yeah. So, um, so with that said, let's just jump into our questions and we'll just kind of, yeah. you know, shoot, shoot the shit or whatever. Um, <laughs> So the first one is what is your favorite high protein snack? So what is yours, Sammy? Lately, I've been on a big Greek yogurt 
granola and strawberry cake. But that was like, a good one. And it's everybody. Ha- I feel like everybody goes through this, but no one like actually talks about it. How actually disgusting Greek yogurt is when you get like the the culture, the high culture, no flavor, plain Greek yogurt. It's actually disgusting. I'm gonna say it. I put honey in mine, and it makes it ten times better. Um, and then definitely adding granola and strawberries is like chef's kiss yeah that's so funny you read my mind um with the exception of strawberries sadly popped up on that food allergy or food sensitivity test i took so i'm a blueberry gal these days so i'll do greek yogurt low sugar granola i can find sometimes at uh, grocery outlet or target Mm -hmm. it's like safe safe fair brand is like extra low sugar um I will do a teaspoon of honey. I'll measure it most of the time. I like to do chia seeds as well for extra fiber. Yes. And, floss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of my Greek yogurt combo when I have it. But you are right, Sammy. Like there is nothing like not when you first get it, like when you first get it and you open it, it's like looks really nice, especially if you get the Faye brand where it's just like the, the little <laughs> liner yeah. pulls off and it's just like perfect looking yogurt. Yeah. The gross part is the second day or after when you open it and it's like yogurt with some water separated and you have to yes. mix it that is the gross part yeah i don't like and that. like the flavor of it plain is just not it like you have to put if like i'm sorry if someone's listening to this and you are this person if someone eats greek yogurt plain you're a psychopath i well, said what I said. greek yogurt what i will use it for sometimes i mean plain you're right i'll use it as a sour cream substitute oh sometimes. yes yes it's mixed like with other things so yes. there's more flavors yeah but yes. like if you're eating sour like sour cream jesus if you're eating greek yogurt by itself with a spoon i i don't know how yeah <laughs> I don't know how. yeah it's it kind of it kind of feels like it needs something just plain yeah, i agree for with you. sure um i also found actually a grocery outlet this weekend they had chobani zero sugar which i was oh. very impressed with in like strawberry flavor um yeah. so diverging from my from my food sensitivity panel briefly um but they're pretty good and they were only like 60 calories for the little cup yeah which is pretty pretty low um but as far as protein snacks i feel like i don't do a lot of snacks anymore i just kind of do meals or mini meals so it's like a protein shake um you know things i'll tell my clients maybe on like a lifestyle plan i feel like something like uh like beef jerky or turkey jerky if it's low sugar is a good Mm -hmm. option Um, a protein bar, if it's your only option, like protein bar is always going to be better than fast food or junk food. Yeah. Um, it's still a processed food item. So, you know, don't minimize like several of them a day. Yeah. Too much. Um, but other than that, I have my own weird eating habits. Like, like this morning, like my second, you know, my mid morning snack or whatever, a lot of times is like steak or salmon for whatever reason. I always like sweet breakfast. And then my second meal, I always want something really savory. So it's like some, yeah. I feel like as a bodybuilder, sometimes our eating habits are so boring. Like when you say, like, what's your favorite snack? I'm like, do you mean like, what's my favorite meal two or meal four? Yeah. Which or meal like, of the day are you talking about? Um, chicken? <laughs> like, yeah. People are like, chicken? what do you eat for breakfast? And I'm like, is that meal one or meal two? Because technically I have two breakfasts if yeah. we're talking about actual timing. But yeah. Exactly. It's always funny too. like, obviously I ask bodybuilder for like long-term sustainability, the simple, like the more simple, the better. So everyone's like, Oh, do you have like a meal idea? And I'm like, 
uh, adding rice. onions. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. add onions and mushrooms, and it makes it a little different. Uh-huh. Like, I, like, I don't know what you mean. Like, just do, keep it do, simple. Do turkey instead of chicken. <laughs> yeah, or add shrimp to spice it up. Like, there's yeah. nothing ever, like, wild in terms of, like, my meal prep and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, I think this is, I think that's a really common pattern with competitors. I know early on in my fitness journey, like 2014, when I was really getting into lifting, I was so much more creative and I would do all the macro hacks and the cooking and, and there's still so much of that great info online. But I think once you're in it, like for bodybuilding, we're eating so frequently and so much, um, even on prep, prep or off season that it's usually, you just end up eating super simple. Yeah. By the time you're, by the time you're it's in like, it for more than just what's one the prep. fastest. Yeah. What's the fastest? What's the quickest I can eat? So I have enough time to digest before I eat again. And then, you know, you have client check-ins, you have posing clients. Like what can I eat as fast as possible mm-hmm. to move on with my day and not yeah. focus, you know, around. Yeah. Food. And also like make your meal prep simple. If you're making super complex recipes for everything, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's not doable. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next, the next question here is um how i'm combining two questions actually how tall are you and how old are you i am okay well i guess it depends what my driver's license says and what muscle contest tells me i am and my my (laughs) check-ins every show tells me something different but roughly i'm five six and i'm 27 yeah i feel like you could i feel like you could even be five seven is five six Uh, what muscle contest says yeah, well, they tell me closer to five. I guess it really just depends on who shows up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like what prom- what promoter and how many people are at the show. Yeah, or how how much attention they're paying to the like. Sometimes I feel like they're just in a rush to measure everyone. And yeah. Also, too, as a pro, I don't think I've ever been heighted actually. At least at muscle contests, I don't think I've ever been heighted as a pro. No, only in at, only at NPC. Or yeah. amateur, like amateur level. Yeah, I think but, I think um, as a pro, yeah, as a pro, it's just if you're in a division with like weight caps, that yeah. you would even. So yeah, which is funny. We should talk about that. Yeah, I feel like ugh, I'm such I'm such a negative Nancy. I feel like bikini should get a weight cap, or something, or like a like an extra tall class or something. I'm just I don't know. Yeah. Because if you think about like that, that is one thing that blew my mind, like turning pro is realizing that like everybody goes up against everybody, regardless of what you like, what, how tall you are. Yeah. Which like for the longest time, I thought that that still like followed through in like in the pro league, but it was, it was pretty wild to like find out that as an amateur, you get divided up, but as a pro, you don't. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, imagine in term and and I'm only using this in terms of like height difference, but like you and Ashlyn Little, mm-hmm. two completely different physiques. Yeah, two completely you know different ability to put on muscle in terms of like limb length and you know just the body composition in general. So it's like to put two people that are on two different ends of the spectrum next to each other to compare is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and back in the day, I remember there was a show with like, um, like Masa, for example, who's who's really tall. And like mm-hmm. back then, when Norman was competing, they were like the top two at one show, and it was like you could not have two more opposite people. Um, and it's I don't know, it's 
I think I'm, I think I'm making my peace with, I don't know, all of this, but some of the, I don't, I wouldn't say Ashlyn, but they're definitely more petite competitors where they kind of look like their wellness or they're like on that mm-hmm. borderline where they almost look like they're a wellness competitor. And I will just, I will never look like that. Um, yeah. you know, I'm just so much longer, taller than, than that. And I'm always going to look, even if I put on another, you know, 20 pounds of like dry stage muscle, I will still look kind of long and lean. So mm-hmm. it's, um, it's interesting. So yeah, you're, that, you're right. How tall are you with that? <laughs> I'm, I'm basically six feet. I think I'm, I go off of, uh, the San Bernardino, Cal State San Bernardino bodybuilding study I did a few years ago. So they did like, um, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of studies on bodybuilders in their kinesiology lab there. And they said I was 5'11.6 without my shoes on. So, um, I go off of that and I'm 36. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, we got that one. Um, did you say how old you were, Sammy? I think we missed that. Yeah. 27. My birthday's actually next month. So I'm very close to being 28. Yay. Okay. It's crazy. I still feel like a teenager. I still so feel like I'm in, I still feel like I'm in my twenties. Have you ever seen those? This is only funny because it's like, you know, coming up in my life very soon. And have you ever seen those things that it was like, if I got pregnant right now, I would still consider myself a teen pregnant, like teen pregnancy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. Like sometimes I remember I'm like, I'm responsible for a child. Like I have a stepchild. So I'm like, I'm responsible uh-huh. for a child. I'm like, who like, I'm How? capable of it. Right? Obviously don't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. My child's well taken care of. Like, you know, he's fine. We're good. I'm capable of doing it. But sometimes I like sit back and I'm like, wow, like I'm, uh, I'm responsible. Like I can do this. Yeah. It's like, there's, yeah. There's those memes too, where it's like at some age, you know, getting pregnant switches from being like, Oh God, to like, Oh, we planned this. Yeah. (laughs) It's like we're at the age where our friends are actually planning it and it's not a mistake. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. And I'm, pa- I'm past that, but I just try to, you know, slide in and pretend like yeah. I'm, you know, in my twenties. People, people don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think I'm, I, believe I, did that, you. I did that one mass. I don't, I did that one master's show last year, Tahoe. I don't think I'm going to do another master show again, at least yeah. until I, until I truly look like I'm, you know, maybe, maybe after I'm 40 or something, if I'm still, I was going to say, you still look like you're in your twenties. So, yeah. So I'm just, hiding hiding in with the pack um okay so the next few questions we got some really interesting ones that i'm excited to talk about um they they kind of are more along the lines of life lessons and just personal improvement and mindset so one was the what is the thing that you're most proud of i would say for me is and this sounds cliche because this is like a fitness-based podcast, but I guess that's very relevant. So I started my fitness journey as a New Year's resolution. Um, so I would say the biggest thing that I'm proud of is starting a New Year's resolution, continuing my New Year's resolution, and then making that New Year's resolution a career for myself. Um, being able to like stick with it, it becoming a passion, more of a task and thing to be had and done, and then taking that passion and turning it into a career. Awesome. Yeah. How about I you? love that. I love that. I would say, um, I would say mine is similar. Um, 
I'm really proud of myself for just, I think, having the persistence and grit, for lack of a better word, to achieve all of the goals I've set. I've really set my mind to, you know, there were definitely goals that, you know, were things that weren't super important to me that I've, I've let go over the years. Um, but things like buying a home in Southern California, like that was, that was probably, you know, that was a goal that was in my mind around the same time I knew I wanted to turn pro. Um, but since I moved here in 2014, I knew, like I knew my key to never having to leave California was home ownership. And so Mm -hmm. that was huge. Um, same, just like you, Sammy transitioning my career from full-time nine to five engineering job to be able to work for myself be my own boss. And then the crazy thing is when I did that, which was in 2022, I made more in the nine months that I was just coaching than I would have at my six figure engineering job. If I had stayed, if I had finished that year with the engineering Mm -hmm. job, I made more in the nine months as a coach than I would have. Um, so that was incredible. And there's, and there's more I'm excited to accomplish too. Obviously like my pro card was a huge accomplishment too, that I wanted for probably seven years before I actually attained it. So I, I just think that my ability to follow through and figure out a way, no matter what, even if I don't know the steps or I don't know, um, you know, a field of expertise, like I didn't know much about bodybuilding. I didn't know much about buying a home or running a coaching business, like all of those things I'm very proud of myself for. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. That is one yeah. thing I think since I met you, I always admired is like your determination to always get something done, no matter what. Is mm-hmm. like figuring it out, researching it, using resources, whatever it is to, to get things done. Yeah. 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 And that will only benefit the podcast. So yeah. Well, <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think we're very similar in, in what we're proud of. So it's, it's cool to see us both flourish. Yeah. Um, the next question is a little bit um, of the opposite of what we just talked about. So rather than what we're most proud of, what is our biggest regret? Hmm. I would say my biggest regret. And then the the question after that kind of tie into one another, but, um, I don't regret much, obviously, because everything that I've done, every action and choice that I've made has led me to the person I am, the position I'm in, things like that. But I would say this is kind of like a backhanded regret is allowing other people to influence my decisions. So like growing up, I would say more so, So I've been in California for the last like five or six years. So I would say before that, the friend group that I was in their, um, their choices and their opinions swayed how I handled life and the decisions I made nothing too drastic. I would just say more of, I never actually stood up for myself. I always kind of just followed suit into what everyone else was doing instead of standing up and, you know, being my own person. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, how about you? Yeah. Some of my feedback or responses to this question in the next one are, are similar to that. I think the, the biggest regret maybe I have in life is about six, seven years ago, the engineering company I was working at put me in a kind of personal development seminar through this sort of like growth coaching company here in orange County you know, kind of like almost like Tony Robbins or like something like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that was very life-changing for me like that, that weekend, it kind of, I think it really just 
kind of like a ship. Like it kind of just changed my trajectory from one way to the other completely. And in a lot of the work I've done since then, like inner work, working on my confidence, doing, um, you know, healing, I would say wounds from my childhood and things like that. Those are things like seeking out therapy. I wish I had started on that process earlier because I was, you know, well into, you know, I was in my late twenties at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think how much more, you know, could I have done in life or just experienced or, um, you know, spent more years in a good place mentally rather than struggling. Um, had I kind of started that inner work and, um, therapy and things like that a lot earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like too, when you, in that sense, when you have to identify that there is a problem on your own, it's harder to almost like, I guess admit would be the right word. It's harder to admit that you need to seek that help. So you always like procrastinate it. And you're like, oh, I can, I can fix it myself. I can, I can manage this or it's not that bad. I can just keep going on the path that I'm going on. So it's, you don't realize how much it actually affects your day to day until you start making those changes. And then you're like, wow, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and it's one of those things that it's like, in hindsight, I'm so grateful and I am very grateful for the engineering company I worked at. It was, it was a great, it's, it, it, it was, and is still is a great company they had an amazing culture and that workshop, it like put a lot of these things like in my face rather than me identifying like, Oh, I really have problems. I think I was probably aware of some of what was going on, but it was just really forced in my face mm-hmm. and kind of forced me to start taking more action. So it's, you know, I just wish I'd pro- started that process sooner. There's probably a lot more of my twenties or things like that. I could have enjoyed in a different way. Yeah. Um, if I had been a little bit more, I don't know, wise or a little more, you know, emotionally mature and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, I think personal development and self-improvement is so huge. Like everyone should, everyone should invest in that. Yeah, absolutely. So our next question is also kind of related to this too, or maybe kind of a combination of the, the first, the last two that we just answered. And it's what is your biggest life lesson so far? Yeah. So I would say for me, my biggest life lesson would be kind of, I guess, in the sense of like speaking up for myself and, and, you know, making my own decisions, being my own person and, and stop being a yes man. So I would say yes to everybody. I would always put myself in a situation where I put my interests and things on a back burner to go help everybody else because I needed that. I didn't want to let people down. So I would always say yes, because if I, if I said yes and I helped them or did what they asked me to do, there was no way possible that they could be mad at me. They could be disappointed in me, things like that. So I would say realizing, um, going through the phase in life of putting myself first made a huge difference and not only myself, but my relationships, um, whether that be friendships or family or, you know, my significant other, uh, making sure my cup was full before filling everyone else's cup was definitely a big thing within the last couple of years that I've been working on. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What would you say would be the biggest life lesson for you? Um, I think the biggest thing is probably truly believing in myself. Um, Like I've always, I've always had a belief in myself. I think even from when I was like a little kid, 
but almost like like more like a like an aggressive you know just really high level of confidence like more and more of where I'm at now even mm-hmm. now I feel like I could be more aggressively you know actively yeah. believing in myself and and I'm trying to work on that um but I wish I had had kind of like that like a fearless level of self-confidence um you know really all the times that I've doubted myself but I've pushed on any in spite of that I've come out on top you know I've succeeded so I've proved myself yeah. I've proved to myself that I'm competent that I'm very capable in a lot of different things not just in school which was like where I succeeded early on in life but like in sports I was in you know the speech and debate teams I was really good at that too um like I was in the student council like all of those things and then you know at some point in my life I got the crazy idea of like oh I want to be super good at fitness and I want to do bodybuilding or I want to buy a home or I want to have like everything I've decided I wanted I've done it and so I think I've just wasted so much energy or I could be so much farther along if I just like radically believed in myself in in almost like an obnoxious way like that Mm -hmm. I feel like I've held myself back a little bit I've still gotten to where I've wanted where I want to be um but that is huge like I think belief in yourself is everything and obviously it needs to be backed up too it can just be like cockiness yeah your your confidence should be based on competence um that and I think at times what that also led to kind of like you described Sammy is there are times where I would make decisions or things like that where I'm not listening to my gut I'm kind of going along with what other people are convincing me of and I'm kind of trusting that they might know better than me even if even if I have this like physical sensation in my body like something's not right this is not a good good choice a good move you know there are times where I would defer to others when I think I would have been much better off just listening to myself mm-hmm. and believing believing in my own opinions and my own um you know just anxiety or think you know feelings that you literally yeah. get in your body like listening to that truly like listening to your gut that's that saying is like that for a reason mm-hmm. um so yeah that's probably the biggest thing it's just like believing in myself trusting my gut you know going with my intuition yeah i think yeah. we should definitely do more um we should do like a self growth episode of like the things that, you know, the work that you've done, if there's any, like, um, like pro not necessarily programs. Um, and I don't want to use the word like ritual, but like any, just like things that you've implemented or put in place for self-growth. I think that would be definitely a really good episode yeah. to yeah, we could definitely on. We could definitely do something like that. Um, there's also a really old episode of bikini things from probably like, 2018 on growth mindset, mm, which is kind mm-hmm. of what I'm talking about. There's, there's growth mindset and there's fixed mindset and there's a book on that. Um, and so that was a lot of what we talked about when I worked at the engineering company. And so I did an episode with my former engineering manager mm, where we kind mm-hmm. of just talked about growth mindset too. So for anyone that's yeah. watching this, you can go way back, um, years to that episode, but I think you're absolutely right, Sammy, that would be a cool episode to talk about. Okay. If your confidence isn't where you want to be, you know, if your mindset is stuck in a place where you feel like you can't learn, you can't grow, you can't expand who you are as a person. How do you go about changing that? How do you go about yeah. shifting your mindset or shifting your life ultimately? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be cool. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to say the next question. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to do the next one? Yeah. Um, so what would you say 
is something that you wish somebody told you in the beginning of your competition career that would have made competing easier for you? That is a hard one to answer. <laughs> it um, is. That's why I asked what you is Do you have an answer for the Yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Let me, I'll, I'll maybe come back to this one, but I think the main thing I would say is just when I started, we had the internet, we had Instagram, but there was nowhere near the level of information available that there is now. Um, so that would have been a game changer, but I feel like I can probably come up with something better. So if you want to... Mm-hmm share your answer, Sammy. I'll think, I'll think about this a little more. Yeah, I think, and I wouldn't necessarily say that this makes competing easier, right? Because nothing like you are the deter, like you are the determining factor of how your prep goes, right? You're the one with the mindset. You're the one making the actions and, and doing the work, right? So there's no like magic secret that like makes it easy. It's really just your perception and your perspective of what you're doing. Um, you can be the woe is me person that is just reflect, like is just perf- like words. You're good. Like self pity, basically. Like you can spend your whole prep just focusing on self pity and woe is me. And this is so hard and I can't believe I'm doing this. Or you could be the one that's like, yeah, I can do this. I can get this done. I have this schedule in place, things like that. So I do want to say that there's no secret formula to making something easier. It's all about your mindset. But I would say something that I struggled with and even to this day struggle with is comparing myself to other people and like social media obviously is the biggest factor of that following the promoter of your show and then reposting oh i'm four weeks out and you're like wait i'm four weeks out oh well what division are they competing in so then you go stalk their page and you have to remember that social media is a highlight reel so people are only going to post the best photos of themselves right when they have their pump when, you know, they just finished their workout. So like everything is on point. They have the cutest outfit on from the gym, like things like that. They're, they posed themselves. That's probably one of 25 photos that they just took and they picked the best one. So, um, I would definitely say like self-comparison and really just like stalking the people that I'm competing with. And especially <laughs> in the pro league, do you get a list of names? Mm-hmm. Like you don't even have to, you don't have to stop the promoter to see who you're competing against. Like they literally flat out post a post with everybody's name on it. So you're like, okay, who is this? Okay. Well, what do they look like? And then especially for me being newer in the pro league, I'm going up against pros who have been doing this for 10 years, who've been doing this for eight years, who've been doing this for five years in the pro league. And I'm Mm -hmm. six months into it, you know, I'm not even a full Mm -hmm. year into it. So now I'm here comparing myself to people who've been doing it for years, which again, we're all on the same playing field, right? I can bring just as a competitive package as they, they are, but it's that it's the ease of social media, making it readily available to see who you're going up against and allow that comparison. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And you're right. It's hard not to get that list of names before a show and like run through it. And, you know, some of the names you like recognize and some you don't. You're like, all right, who's this girl? Let me go on Instagram and check her out. And yeah, um, it can definitely be a little bit of a mind F. I think that's a great one. Not comparing yourself 
it's easier said than done. Um, definitely easier said than done. Um, you know, I think one thing I tell my posing clients a lot that nobody really ever told me, like, I, I feel like I didn't learn this until I was a pro. And then Tarek kind of has been very, very aggressive, not aggressive, but he's been very assertive with like sharing this message with me personally of being really confident and like coming off and presenting a certain way in your posing. And I just don't think I ever realized that was like so huge. And especially now when we're doing seminars, like when we did the seminar with Patrick, who's the muscle contest head judge right now. Yeah. And they'll talk about how much your body language and your confidence and all that really matters. And I think I kind of figured it out from observation. Like a lot of times, especially at amateur shows, it's not the best physique that wins. It's the girl who maybe has the best posing and her physique Mm -hmm. is really good, you know, very solid. But the person with the literal best body may not win because they don't present it well or they don't have that confidence. And so posing is so huge. Like you can do an entire prep, you know, kill yourself for three to six months to look amazing on stage. And you can kind of throw a lot of that hard work in the trash if you are not practicing your posing or your stage presence is bad, meaning you don't look confident when you're up there. Like if you're up there and you're not smiling, you look yeah. like either you're not confident and you're nervous and that's why you're not smiling or you look like you're pissed and you're not happy to be there. Uh-huh. And so I think that, I think that's, that's a big takeaway. I don't know if that's the only one. Um, but I try to convey that message to all my posing clients for that reason, because I feel like I never had anyone to flat out explain that to me. Yeah. And I think that like, that is so big. And I feel like I, that's why I love being a posing coach now, because I feel like for me, posing is my strong suit and my physique is the area that I need to improve. And I feel like even for like my pro debut in Texas against Issa Puccini and Ashlyn, I got ninth place, but I know for a fact that my physique wasn't the best physique up there. But I do, I can confidently say that my posing and stage presence is strong. And that's why I got the placement that I got because of that. And that is like you said, one thing that not many people talk about in that sense. And it's like, everybody talks about like, you just have to kill yourself in the gym and eat as little food as possible and do hours and hours and hours of cardio to get the best physique. And it's like, yes, well, maybe you don't necessarily have to go to extremes like that. It is important that you have a good physique. Yeah. It's, it's your posing and your stage presence. That's super important. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just like your, you know, maybe the physique is like a cake, right? And the posing and the stage presence is the like icing you put on it. Yeah. And even if it's the best, best tasting cake, like best, you know, cake out there. If the icing looks crummy, you don't want to eat it. Yeah. You don't want to eat it, you know? So, so you're absolutely right. The posing really, it just makes a big difference. Um, I'm trying to think what else. That's a big one. I think the main thing is like, I just think competitors now have so much information that just soak it all in, try to absorb it. Um, because yeah, back in like 2016, 2017, we had Instagram, we had the internet, but there wasn't the same type of content. You didn't have, you didn't really have bikini podcasts back then. Um, you didn't have people putting out valuable information on competing. Like it was very basic level stuff. Like, Oh, here's my diet. I eat chicken and rice. And then I eat, you know, fish and sweet potato. And then, you know, it was just very basic information. So I think, um, had that been different, that 
that would have been great. But you also are in that scenario where there isn't a lot of information available, you have to really seek it out. And, and that can be a way to separate yourself, right? Those that really try to learn um, are going to become better bodybuilders than those that, you know, don't strive to get information that just kind of mindlessly do whatever your coach says. And I'm, and I'm not saying don't be coachable or don't listen to your coach. Definitely do that. But you want to understand why you want to understand, mm-hmm. you know, the principles behind everything to be the, be the best athlete and also know like, okay, there's a lot of coaches out there. Which one is a good fit for me? You know, yeah. what, what approach do I like best? Um, you know, what type of um, communication style do I need? All of the, all of those things. So, yeah. And I, I actually just thought of one. And again, it goes back to social media and the influence that it has. There's been so many people like bodybuilding and com- competing has become this huge thing recently that so many people are getting involved in and so many people are doing. And there have been a lot of people that have had bad experiences in competing, um, partly because they don't go with a coach who's super knowledgeable or someone who has a lot of experience in the industry. So these coaches are putting these people through crazy extremes, you know, 500 calories and two hours of cardio, things like that. So there's people on social media sharing these experiences saying prep is so hard or the only way to be good is to do two hours of cardio and eat 500 calories. So there's so many people who go into competing with this mindset of this is going to be the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, which granted, yes, it is the most mentally and physically, it's one of the most, you know, obviously everybody has different experiences in life, but it is a very mentally and physically challenging thing to accomplish, but it doesn't have to be miserable. Like you want to enjoy your prep. You want to enjoy what you're doing and not have resentment for the sport that you're doing. So having so many people that have had these negative experiences, sharing their experience, well, yes, it's very, it's good, but it's what, how you, how you take in that information and portray in your own life. Right. So it's like, some people would have an easier time prepping and competing if they didn't have the influence of other people saying, wow, this is going to be so hard. And you're going into this, like, this is going to be miserable. I'm going to hate everything about this. I'm going to be hungry all the time, I'm going to be tired all the time, as opposed to having people that have had good experiences. And they're like, yeah, you are going to be tired. And yeah, you are going to be hungry. But like, when you realize what your body's capable of doing, like that's a gift in and of itself. That's exciting. It, it motivates you. Imagine going into your prep with that mindset as opposed to the, the, the yeah. later. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, Sammy. You're on point with all of that. So yeah, it's tough. It's social media. It's, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, for a lot of reasons. And, and the more yeah. you learn too, it's like, you just figure this stuff out. It's like, you know, someone will say, Oh, bodybuilding, like ruined me and ruined my body and my metabolism. And you kind of learn more and you're like, Oh, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't have been taking all that T3. And now you gave yourself a thyroid, you know, a thyroid issue. So yeah, Yeah, it doesn't make sense that your metabolism's ruined, but you made that choice to put that, put that drug in your body. So it's, um, or you didn't get your blood work done or you followed a coach who has no experience and mm -hmm. no education and you didn't do your research has no track record. Yeah, exactly. So 
Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's like so many opinions and voices and all that on social media are just that accessibility. It's, it's tough. It's tough. Mm-hmm. And, um, ultimately I think for, for people to be successful, you want to be intelligent. Like you really truly want to be like a student when they say that phrase, like be a student of the sport. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. It's like, learn all the ins and outs, learn, learn the whys. Don't just mindlessly follow your plan, which obviously you want to stay on plan for best results, but you need to understand why um, in the principles and the concepts and also having a high degree of emotional intelligence, I also think is key. Like, I think those are two things that people don't realize how crucial they are to being successful as a competitor. Like most people that are really at the top, um, they, they understand a lot about bodybuilding and that's not just, you know, training, nutrition, that's everything, posing, supplementation, recovery, whatnot. And also they can stay calm and they can regulate their emotions and, you know, let things that are going to disrupt their focus or their attention to the prep roll off their back mm-hmm. and and continue to move forward. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this next question is more lighthearted. Um, are you a Chicago sports fan, Laura? Yeah, that this one, this comes from my Instagram question box. So I think somebody saw me wearing my Bulls sweatshirt last weekend. Um, so yeah, I am. A, I would say I'm a Bulls fan. I grew up in Illinois back in the late 90s. So that was when the Bulls had their heyday. Michael Jordan was playing. They were winning all their championships. Um, so I still actually, funny story, it still fits me. I still have my Jordan jersey from when I was a little kid. I have like a black, um, I forget if it's champion brand or whatever. I still have my Jordan jersey in my closet um, and I have my bull sweatshirt and stuff too. So yeah, I'm sympathetic. I'm definitely sympathetic to this Chicago sports teams Um, for football. I'm probably more of a Colts fan than a Bears fan. But um, yeah, Chicago's Chicago's like my home city. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Sammy? What's, What's your sports team? I'm not, I'm definitely a bandwagon fan when it comes to sports. I'm not like growing up, my, like my dad wasn't really big into sports. So we weren't ever big into sports, but growing up in Philly naturally, everybody is a big sports fan. So like I grew up watching the Phillies, the Flyers, the Eagles. I was, I lived in Philly when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I went to the Super Bowl parade, things like that. But like only because that's what was like happening around me um now that it's not happening around me and like none like we don't watch sports we're not really big sports people so like if people ask I'm like okay yeah the Eagles are my are my football team but like I don't care yeah if I'm I'm being honest like I don't follow it on my own yeah same I like I mean yeah I like watching sports and I feel like I did that a lot more maybe a decade ago it's just I just don't feel like I have the time so I'll, I'll sit and watch a game if it's on and I'm in a scenario where that's what's happening, yeah. but yeah, I'm not going to turn it on myself. I'm probably busy doing other stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. And this last one's <laughs> definitely for you because I literally don't even think I have the brain capacity to try to understand any of these. <laughs> what do you think of quantum mechanics and a relativity theory? Yeah. So I feel like, um, this might've been a little bit of a joke question. I don't know. Um, the person who asked it, I, I know them, but I've met them at events and like expos and stuff. Um, I don't know if their background is in science or something, but I think quantum mechanics, <clears throat> I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the areas where they're having the most breakthroughs in science right now. So it's very exciting. Like when I was at Notre Dame, they had a whole, they put in a whole building to do, oh, wow. you know, research and, and all of that. Um, 
so relativity theory, that's just like E equals MC squared. So they call it, they call it in science, they call things theories. But when you call something a theory in science, it's actually like, it's like a proven principle. Mm, it's uh-huh. like Dar- like Darwin's theory of evolution, right? Yeah. <clears throat> They've proven certain things to exist. So, so Einstein did a lot with like gravity, matter. Um, so I don't, I don't know that this is anything that's like up for debate or I yeah. don't think I have any, I don't think I have any hot takes. Yeah. I've been watching Big Bang Theory. Uh-huh. So when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I feel like I like kind of know what it is, but like, yeah. not enough to talk about it. Yeah, that's okay. No, I think, I think they were just asking that to be silly. Yeah. So awesome. Well, that's all of our questions for today. Those are some really good ones. And I definitely think, you know, a lot like down the road, we could definitely touch on more of these as their own, you know, topics like mental health topics, self-growth, motivation, goal setting, things like that. I think those would be all really good. I feel like those are a lot of things that everybody goes through, especially in the bodybuilding fitness industry and even outside of it um, that people don't talk about as often, but it's cool with like the way, you know, life is nowadays with podcasts and more studies and more research and things like that. It has, you know, it is becoming more of a mainstream thing, but it's nice to hear, you know, people going through it, talk about it as opposed to a doctor doing studies and research on it, which is the bo- both are great. Don't get me wrong, but it's nice to hear personal experience as opposed to a scientific study. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, excuse me, <laughs> I'm like very, very congested this week. Um, I think mental health would be an awesome one for us to do a, a podcast episode on. Yeah. Um, that's such a big part of the sport. There's so many times off season and prep where that really factors into how we're doing and how we're feeling and, mm-hmm how to kind of self-soothe and make it through, you know, the times that are more challenging, I think is a huge skill. So we should definitely do an episode on that sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's ever any topics or anything like that, that you guys want us to focus on, just comment on whatever platform you are, slide into the DMs with suggestions. We're always open to suggestions, you know, feedback, things like that. So if there's anything you guys want us to touch on, always reach out to us. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. Well, I think that's, that's it for this week's episode. So you guys, if you're watching on YouTube, give us a subscribe. If you're listening on an audio platform, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and regardless of how you're listening or watching, share it with your bikini bestie, and we will catch you guys in the next episode. Bye. Okay.